Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to to Christian Cox coming up here momentarily. But what you do at Thanksgiving, that is not helping with the meal. Yes, you, it is. You put together a, a green bean casserole. I do. You open a can of soup and a can not, of green beans. Not and You true. put it in the microwave. No. That is not helping. No, no. I, I build it from scratch. It takes all morning. I, and I get fresh beans. I don't go to build can, it from I don't scratch. can beans. What, what you grow the beans in your you? yard, do you? <laughs> what What about opening a Campbell's cream of mushroom soup? Is doing it from scratch. And why is it taking all morning even from scratch? There's three ingredients. I cut up the onions and I, you know, put it all together. I do use some uh, soup. <laughs> Got to be careful. Not too much salt. Be careful so it's with taking that. you hours to cut the onions? Yeah, I got to get the cheese in there and then the, the onion rings. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you. And see, you guys don't even believe you that I You mean the onion anything. rings? You mean those those crisp things that come out of the can? From scratch. From scratch. Right out of the can. Right. All I can tell you is everybody loves it. I bet they'd love it it's, more if you did the dishes. It's, I do that, too. Oh, please. I do. I don't believe you. Man, you Where's guys... Lisa? Lisa, let us know. Does Gordon Does Gordon do the dishes for Thanksgiving? He might, but he has to ask where every single dish goes. That's a great point. No, I don't. I know where to put it in the dishwasher. I just don't know where to put it in the cupboard. <laughs> but I've loaded my share of dishwashers. Oh, that is, a, that is the quote of the century. <laughs> I know where to put it in the dishwasher. <laughs> I don't know where to put it away. <laughs> I usually sort of know where, but you know, there's a few things that stump me. Anyway, we hope everyone has a fantastic Thanksgiving this week. So you're doing uh, you're you're doing the the bean casserole again? Yeah, right? and then I help out in other ways. For you know. example, well, if uh, any help any help that's needed, you know. <laughs> For example, well, I mean, if, here's if, the credit card. You know, if I someone, if the mashed potatoes need to be whipped. I'm there because I'm in the kitchen. I'm helping. Do you help? You don't help at of all. Of course I help. You do? Well, I. What know, do you do? I you know, do a few things. Like what? The green bean casserole. <laughs> no, if if we host, I, uh, I'll i do plenty of cooking, but we're not hosting this well, year. Well, you never host. Huh? You, never you did host. just no, last year, did. didn't you? Yeah, we did just last year. You yeah, did? we host all the time. What did you do? Cooked. You did? Uh, right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> What if the freezer gets stuck? All right, let's uh, let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease Tragedy. any handset and get an iPad for ninety nine ninety nine. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, former Ute and our good friend Christian I get my Cox. Get out and fix it. Hi, Christian. How are you today? You know, I am not worthy to be talking to you and the Godfather, Mr. Monson. I apologize for my plane delays of last week, and I'm glad you let me get back on the air with you guys. Well, we appreciate it. Uh, that we, was, we did have some fun at your expense, though, Christian. Uh, that, uh, that did happen. And apparently uh, a friend of yours reached out to you, and, and then you you told him to call Austin or something? 
I had a bunch of people reach out to me. Unfortunately, <laughs> when you're on a Delta flight, you can only iMessage, and apparently you and Austin are Android users and can't iMessage you. And so I got a bunch of people blowing me up, and they ended up calling Austin to on an airplane, but I'm very embarrassed by that. Well, that's we were happy that you were safe and sound. Agreed. That was our main We were worried. About after you. we ridiculed you. You know how to warm someone's heart. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Way, real quick before we dive into the Utes, what, what's your uh, your role in in the Cox family Thanksgiving? Are you, do you cook? You you clean the dishes? What uh, Are you just sitting on the couch? <laughs> you obviously don't know my wife. If I'm sitting on the couch, I'm divorced. Uh... <laughs> Candidly, uh, my wife, we do a pre-Thanksgiving, which we did yesterday. Oh, nice. Uh, The full thing, she makes pies. It's the full-fledged Thanksgiving dinner. I only do one thing. She makes everything. We're talking the full turkey, stuffing. Like, she's actually an amazing cook. And I make what's called Texas corn. Think of cream cheese, butter, and corn with jalapenos. Oh, and it actually is really tasty. And that's about the only thing I can make. Well, that sounds pretty. It's not bad, but it's good. So you doesn't meet my nutritional requirements, but it's good. So you had that yesterday. So what do you do on Thursday? And uh, we'll have a, a real Thanksgiving with the whole family and. But she likes to have our own little oh, Cox family small nice. with our young kids. Okay. Nice. All right. Okay. Well, that that uh, corn thing sounded pretty good. It did. Yeah, Man, that... you'll have to pass along the recipe. Do you uh, do you get... make it? You can make it. Do you do, you do you use fresh corn or do you take it out of a can or what do you do? Or, organic corn from Costco. One bo- one bar of organic butter and one orga- non-organic Philadelphia cream cheese. Cook those in your pan. First, make them all creamy, and then you dump half of the corn in. And I don't know, Italian, it's like mild jalapenos. It's not spicy. It's like mild. They're like, starts with an M. It's like some Italian. It's like, looks like a little jar that's a jar of pickles, and you put half of those in there, and it's it's actually mm. delicious. It's oh, really wow. good. Wow, the Galloping so. Gourmet is not at a slow trot. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll get down to business. Uh, Christian, what do you think? Uh, the Utes, I mean, it wasn't perfect against Arizona, but they did uh, exactly what they had to do, and they romped that team. Unfortunately, Oregon didn't hold up really its end of the bargain. It's crazy to watch both games simultaneously or try to, right, because the Fox Sports was had that other game playing it to, to swap over, and the end of that Arizona State game was just so insane especially that third and 14 completion, and then Herbert just playing terrible. And, and even before, uh, you know, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, I, I thought Oregon's 100% beatable, uh, but they looked they looked pretty, pretty sad uh, on the road against Arizona State. Utah hasn't had success there, so what am I to, who am I to, to throw shade at them? But uh, it depends on, you know, what time you asked me about this Utah game. I feel way more optimistic now just by – the fact of you know Utah's college football playoff opportunity and how balanced this team is across the three sections. If you micro, you know, break down Arizona in general. Yeah, should they have scored 50 points? Should they have scored 55? Did you get stopped twice on fourth down? Yes. Did Tyler Huntley throw his first interception in a long while? Yes. But they were just playing clock game, and they wanted to just, you know, kind of just win the game and grind it down, and and that's what they did. And I think for people who go back and uh, the sad part, I think you guys have alluded to this quite a bit, right? The beauty pageant side of this college football playoff of 
four teams with five power uh, five conferences to get four people in is just really insanity, right? Is when you you bake it all down is we're comparing who beat who and who won what and how much did you win by and what's your best win and who's your what's your strength of schedule, which are all you know relevant things to be comparing. But end of the day. Don't you want to be seeing the best football of the best teams playing at the right time at the end of the year and throwing them into its own gauntlet of a playoff series, just like March Madness or even high school football, right? Uh, it's the teams that peak. And we, we talked about this before, but you look at the Washington Nationals, they're 14 games below 500 in May, and they end up beating Houston, who's really good, who's to say they weren't stealing signs or whatever, but they got hot at the right time. And I think Utah has gotten better week after week after week after week after week after week. And I can put my stamp on it, and I guess we'll, we'll see after the Saturday. But this is one of the best Utah football teams that we get to witness every week. They're one of the most balanced teams that we've ever seen. And they don't even have a really good like kicking game and punting game because they don't have to have it because – that's how good the defense is, and that's how good the offense really is, and, and moving the ball uh, methodically and having a myriad of play calls that uh, runners that you know uh, the team can go to. And so, for me, it's 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 fun to watch. It's fun to to watch them stomp teams. And this is in the Pac-12. Yeah, maybe the Pac-12 might be down, but this reminds me of you know at the end of the Sugar Bowl years in '08 when Utah was. I think it was the game, the final game of the season. Utah beat San Diego State seventy to zero, and you know you beat UCLA forty nine to three or whatever that score was, right? And for Utah, they just—it's it, so fun. It's so fun to watch the defense, and nobody really likes to watch defense unless you're a football junkie. This team is so balanced and offensively. Tyler Huntley, you can't say it enough. He throws such a good tight spiral and on time and he's tough and Zach Moss is a freak and all these receivers um, from, you know, Damari Simpkins to Samson Nakua to Ennis, right, uh, to following him as a tight end and Keefe, it just it's a complete team and they've stayed healthy and you hope they can just smash Colorado and you hope they can smash Oregon and throw their, throw their hat in the ring of please show us as to why we're not the best team in the league in the NCAA as of this moment. Don't penalize us for poor strength of schedule. And it's actually good that BYU is winning too. So and that's, that's kind of where we are. And that was a very long-winded uh, answer for you. Very thorough, Christian. Very yeah, but thorough. that's that's good. Uh, Christian, I, okay, let me start by, by saying I think this is the most talented U team I've ever seen. I, re- I really believe that when you look at the way that defense plays, when, all the stuff that you mentioned, fantastic. Uh, I, I just don't know. I mean, who, who, are, who have the Utes beaten? The Pac-12 sucks this year. I mean, it doesn't suck, but it's not good this year. So this team hasn't been tested the way maybe you would hope it would be. But all of that filters back to this beauty pageant thing. I mean, how are you supposed to decide? You just mentioned a bunch of stuff that the committee has to look at, but n- none of that really is what you're taught growing up and as a as a, a, a premium athlete, what is most important, right? You don't sit there and say, hey, guys, we have to win this game by four touchdowns. Not three, by four. Who the hell cares about that? And that's the fallacy to this whole system. 
If Utah wins the Pac-12, they should be in, just like every other conference champion, and then three at-large teams. And then, boom, we're done. We don't have to deal with this crap anymore. I, I love opinion. I love opinion. We, we make a living by expressing opinion. I don't think it should provide or prevent opportunity for teams. I totally agree with you, Gordon. Uh, I look at it from three different perspectives, and these, and hopefully I can get these perspectives right. One is, who's to say um, Alabama uh, has played uh, any really tough, tough, tough teams, aside from LSU, which LSU is arguably, and I've seen them play, Joe Burrow is, is I say the Heisman, uh, he'll be the Heisman winner this year, the best offense and their defense isn't the best in the league, but close. Who has Clemson honestly played this year, right, in terms of they almost lost to North Carolina, and that's all we can draw against. Uh, Georgia, who is Georgia on it? Georgia doesn't look like a top-four team, in my opinion, right? They lost to South Carolina. South Carolina lost to, lost to Tennessee, and I, I just don't think they're a really complete team. When you're, when you're comparing, I hope the committee looks at, hey, who's going to give us the best bang for our buck? And who's a complete football team, offense, defense, and special teams? Utah, offensively and defensively, elite, right? Special teams, kicking, you know, no one really cares about as much as we want to put, you know, emphasis on it. So as you look at those, it's, 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 you know, that's what we're up against. And the other perspective I look at is, you know, the year of the Sugar Bowl. We ended up beating Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, Julio Jones was this, one of the starting freshmen. Yes, Mark Ingram was a backup running back that we owned, and the defense and Brian John the defense, you know, smothered them. And uh, Brian Johnson got us up twenty-one to zero quickly. They weren't ready for us. But who did we beat that year to make us the second-ranked team in all of the nation end of the year when Tim Tebow and them ended up being ranked number one at the end of it all? Right. Uh, we beat Michigan on the road, which Michigan had a down year. We beat Oregon State at home late in the year. And it's just, it's all so darn subjective, right? It's just subjective information. And uh, it's just a real challenge to, to disseminate. And, and you know, it, the Pac-12, it has been down this year. And for me, I, I draw back again on my own personal experiences in 2003, a long time ago, 16 years ago. Uh, my, I played at Bountiful High. I played for a guy named Larry Wall, who played at Utah. Who Coach Roderick played for him, and uh, very close ties. One of my greatest mentors, aside from you know Coach Whittingham, and uh, and obviously you know Bill Belichick is his own entity, and they all have similarities. But uh, that year we were undefeated up until I think Game Six. We lost to Highland and we lost to Olympus, but we'd beaten Lone Peak that year. But we got on a hot streak. And we rallied off five wins to win the state title for the second year in a row. But if we didn't have the, the actual chance, we wouldn't have known that we were the best team. Those other teams got eliminated, right? We beat them out. We, we beat a really good East team that had three 1,000-yard rushers that year, and uh, Anoka Hafoka and Eric Hakanima, and guys that, you know, these are people people don't really recognize. And, you know, these uh, that's where Fui Vakapuna played uh, up at East. But, that's my three different perspectives, and it's just, it's a shame. It's a shame that the only sport that uh, doesn't have a real tournament, right, nobody pays attention to the College World Series, but that looks like a hell of a good time. Um, you know, so does, uh, so does the NCAA tournament that, you know, generates billions of dollars for CBS and TBS uh, for the nonprofit, you know, NCAA. So 
while it's the circumstance of where we are, yeah, it's improved from the BCS days of some, you know, computer that puts the top two. They got to go to eight eventually. They got to play a little earlier and cut down on, um, you know, they can do they can do one more set or a couple more playoff games, and that's what America wants. And uh, it'd be really cool to see who the real champion is at the end of that. Christian, you mentioned uh, playing for Witt and playing for Coach Belichick, that they have uh, some similarities. Uh, What are those? We lightly touched on this, but um, I think their background, right, they're they're both uh, sons of coaches, right? Um, You know, I've only heard the stories of Fred and Fred Whittingham and, um, you know, his NFL experience and, uh, basically, he's kind of the the godfather of the four three that Kyle runs, that Gary runs, and Kalani runs hybrids of it, and Coach Pease reintroduced and helped consult with us during the Sugar Bowl. And uh, two is they're both uh, extremely uh, militant in a good way, like structured. The process defines out your results. Your one eleventh, you know, do your job. They both have these crossovers and they're extremely competitive right uh you know outside of football kyle's an extreme competitor at tennis and golf and all these other things and uh so is bill belichick with with fishing and loves loves spending time with his kids his kids are on his coaching staff and um you know you look at them uh kyle obviously was a, a great college football player bill belichick had a bone crushing uh career ending injury in, in like a d2 school you can go look it up a, a, an article and he's been about him but both of them are just fascinating humans that are just addicted to process and repeating the process and that's what's made him so good and um the coaches that are under them that learn they just continue to go out and flourish you know as we talk about the coaching trees you know, um, you know, from Fred Whittingham, it's it's Kyle and Gary, and there's parts of Urban and Kalani and Aaron Roderick, and it just goes so deep. And you look at Bill Belichick, you know, you got Matt Patricia with the Lions. Uh, shoot, I forgot our OC's name. He's um, he's with the Houston Texans right now. Has a dimple on his chin. Uh, you had Romeo Cornell, who didn't have a lot of success, but. Uh, you know, Brian Flores was a great grad assistant when I was there in 2011. He's a head coach in Miami. And, you know, I think that's what a real leader is. A real leader is someone who can lead other coaches to get the most out of their players, but are just, you know, uh, allows them to go out and succeed at other jobs, right? And um, lets them grow. And Kyle is that. Kyle is, uh, you know, everyone, once you've earned Kyle's love and appreciation, you've become one of his guys, you're one of his guys forever. And, Guys legitimately sacrifice just to have Kyle say, yeah, you did a good job. You did it right. You did it our way. And once you've done it the Utah way, you're in the brotherhood forever. And that's why I see guys like Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley who make sacrifices to not go to the NFL early and stay to breed a winning uh, team that's probably one of the best. And, again, my, my view is limited. It's my, my view is – you know, some of the teams from the 90s with Ron, but more of the Sugar, the, the sugar Bowl Fiesta Bowl. Um, our year, we were okay. We are good, but we weren't as amazing as these guys. And these guys are some of the most talented, balanced teams. And I'm sure Morgan Scali could speak to that. Well, Christian, as always, thank you for jumping on with us. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and we'll catch up with you next week. Happy Thanksgiving, Dick. See you guys. Thanks, Christian.
Christian Cox, our good friend, the former Ute and former Patriot, thought that was interesting. The the comparisons there with uh, with Bill uh, with Bill Belichick, no doubt. Uh, Christian played for some uh, great coaches in his career, including uh, his high school coach uh, Larry Wall. Right? Is yeah. that uh, who he mentioned up there at Bountiful? So. Uh, thanks to Christian for jumping on. want to remind you, come join Hans and Scotty on Tuesday from noon to 3, 7211 South Plaza Center Drive in West Jordan. Uh, customers, it's a Sprint store. Customers there will receive a free liquid screen protector for your Android or Apple device. While supplies last, be sure to ask about iPads for just ninety nine ninety nine as well. We'll get to more. Uh, oh, Tanner Mingham is going to jump on the show coming up next. Uh, but right now joining us in studio, he is our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic here to help our listeners with their love lives. We are. What's up, Andrew? Oh, nothing much. Um, We've got a uh, new treatment called acoustic wave therapy. Uh, It's becoming very popular, thousands of guys, for what it is not. It's not a pill. It's not an injection. Um, There are no side effects. Guys struggling with ED have dealt with this for so long. Um, Blurred vision, headaches, all of the problems that come with it. And for a lot of guys, it doesn't work in the first place. They want a solution that allows things to work in the bedroom, you know, like it used to. See, I, I would think that that would be maybe the most appealing part of this treatment is you get back to normal. You get yeah. back to that spontaneity. You don't have to, to prepare. You right. Know? It's the first and only thing that treats the root cause problem of ED, uh, which is blood flow. A guy struggling with erectile dysfunction needs more blood flow in this part of the body. It's targeted. Um, so, you know, it it's probably not going to make you a teenager again, but it'll get you back to where you want to be and you've got a great deal for our listeners uh, going on right now taking the risk out of the whole thing we are if you call us now we'll do an initial assessment exam uh, and a blood flow ultrasound which is kind of cool it checks for blockages in the blood flow Um, normally there's a charge for this we'll do it totally free if you call us now and there's no obligation so you can come in see where you're at if the treatments aren't a good fit for you you pay nothing and get a lot of good information. So you can predict kind of whether it will work for the patient before the patient pays any money. Yeah, exactly. The doctor can say this these you know this is your chances. Uh-huh. These are the odds of success. Um, he'll base it on medical history, the type of medications you're on, the severity of your ED, your age. He'll look at all of it. And a lot of guys say I you know I didn't know I could make that change in my lifestyle or in my medication. I'll try that first. Mm. It, so it's really good information. Um, whether the, whether you do the treatments or not, give us a call now. You don't pay anything. It's that easy. It's that All easy. Right. 801-901-8000 is that number to call. 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. All right, we'll have more Big Show straight ahead. Talk to Tanner Mangum right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Come on, you fans. Aren't you ecstatic by this season? Irregardless if they get in or not. I would take 100 out of 100 times a 13-1 season with a 7-point loss to SC when SC has four NFL receivers. I can live with that. Of all the things that I can live with, that's one of them. Right at the top of the list. If you go 13-1 and and play in a Rose Bowl, you're not getting the short end of the stick. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Want to remind you about our friends at Divi, the modern financial platform for business. See how you can spend smarter at getdivi.com. Let's jump out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Joining us now, former BYU quarterback Tanner Mangum on the big show. Hi, Tanner. How's it going? Good to be here on a uh, Taylor Swift day. Yeah, how about that? Gordon's selection, too, might I add. I'm, I'm surprised, but I, you know, I think with the AMAs, winning Artist of the Decade last night, it's only fitting. Yeah, uh, Tanner, so can I uh, start out with a complaint real quick? Not to get the interview started on, uh, on a, uh, a down note or anything, but why the heck wasn't that game on BYU TV? What a joke. No, uh, hey, you're telling me. I, I mean, last week we talked about it, and it was ridiculous, but they, it was Flow Sports. They owned the rights to it, and they didn't want to give it up. They just—they were selfish and held on to it. So I, I don't think too many Cougar fans got to watch it. But at the same time, they didn't miss out on much. So it was 49-zip uh, at, at halftime. What was going right for the Cougars other than the fact that they were playing a totally outmatched opponent? Yeah, well, 42 points in the second quarter, which is a program record. The previous record for most points in a quarter was in 1990 uh, against Washington State. So kind of cool cool fact there. But other than the fact that they're playing against UMass, a this far outmatched opponent, uh, BYU was executing in both sides of, of, of the, the passing game and the run game, especially the second quarter. It, it didn't matter what they were doing. Everything was working. Um, you know, the, the line was just driving guys off the ball. Uh, you know, so running backs weren't even getting touched on a lot of runs. And then in the passing game, guys are wide open. Um, you know, just the receivers are just, you know, just, just more talented, just you know, outmatch the, uh, the, the, the Minutemen secondary, which is what you expect. Like, in a, in a game like this, you know you're going to win, but how clean can you be, right? That's, that's kind of the goal is we should, on every single play, every single drive, be successful. And other than the first drive of the game, that whole first half, they, they got points. Um, except, except for the last drive as well. They missed, they missed that field goal going into half. But overall, I thought it was a clean performance. Zach Wilson looked comfortable out there, looked confident, kind of getting back into a rhythm. You know, taking six weeks off is tough. But, uh, you know, having Idaho State now and UMass under his belt, he's, he's feeling good now. They're going to get in the rhythm. And, and, uh, but, and then you have to give respect to, to the defense as well. The BYU defense looked really solid. Uh, just didn't let UMass do anything. Tanner Mangum with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So with the way that the offense played, and specifically, uh, as you mentioned, that second quarter in the first half, uh, they're going up against San Diego State, who has struggled a little bit recently, but still has a really, really good, rocky, long defense. Where's your, your confidence in the offense going into this game? Yeah, it's a great challenge. You know, Coach Mateo, the, uh, the offensive line coach in the media, uh, at, they asked him, you know, how are how, how you feeling? They're, going up against you know, a much tougher San Diego State defense. And he, he responded, we've, we've been waiting for a challenge. <laughs> Which I thought was, you know, they, they had lots of challenges earlier, but these last couple of weeks has been significantly lesser. And now, you know, they've got the work cut out for them. Uh, the top 10 defense in San Diego State, uh, you know, giving up 
13 points a game and 70 rushing yards a game. Granted, their strength of schedule isn't that great. You know, they haven't played that tough of, of opponents, but the ones they have, they've played well. Um, but I think the big thing is is that despite San Diego State's defense being very elite, uh, very you know, statistically speaking, one of the best, their offense is one of the worst. And, and, and it shows because you look at the teams they've lost to. And they've, they've just, just, just recently, in recent weeks, you know, lost to Hawaii and then lost to Nevada a couple weeks back. And so I, th- that's, where, where, that's kind of where I, I think, despite going up against a good defense, I, I still think BYU is in good shape. Um, you know, I, I think if, if San Diego State can lose to teams like, like Hawaii and Nevada, you know, I, I think BYU should, should have a good shot. But, again, it's going to come down to execution. And, and can they do their job? Can they get off to a fast start? And, uh, and because, off the, because San Diego State's offense is, is poor, I think it gives BYU defense a lot of opportunities to create turnovers, uh, get stops, and give BYU's offense favorable field position and really set them up to be successful for the game. Tanner, what do you make of uh, these young running backs that have had to step up and play? Well, I think it's amazing that we witnessed on, on Saturday uh, one of the statistically highest rushing games in BYU history, Jackson McChesney, uh, with, with a top 10 rushing performance in BYU history. And, and before the season, I think he was sixth string. Uh, no one even knows really what string he was, but let's just say he wasn't even going to be uh, expected to touch the rock this year. But you know, I think it's a testament to the depth at that position. Uh, you know, because I, I played last year with Sione Finau. He was, you know, it was his freshman year. He was redshirting, and he was, you know, really small. Still had a lot of kind of room to grow, room to develop. And then, you know, looks like a different guy this year. And, and it's, it's super unfortunate to see him go down with an injury. But really impressive to see the others step in and step up. Uh, Tyler Algier bouncing back and forth between running back and linebacker. But, you know, he just does what the coaches ask of him and then goes in and, and does his job. And I think a lot of it goes to Coach Stewart. A lot of the credit goes to Coach A.J. Stewart, who is really tough on his running backs. He holds them to a very high standard. He expects them to be getting lots of extra time in the film room, really understanding the game plan, understanding what the defenses are doing, and expects them to stay after practice as well. And, and so I think that you know, you're seeing that, that no matter what string these guys are, they're coached by someone who holds them to a high standard. And it's allowed them to come in and, and uh, kind of you know, keep, keep the, uh, the, the momentum going regardless of who's in there. I know this season has been kind of uh, funky for BYU a little bit with some of the losses. I mean, South Florida, Toledo, I, I wouldn't have predicted that uh, those as losses for BYU. But if they can beat San Diego State, Tanner, and get to eight wins, Gordon, I remember when we were talking to PK before the season started, and I, PK was bringing up eight wins is what he expected from BYU, and I thought, oh, man, that that's steep expectation. But it's it's right there. So what, what do you think? If they can pull this out and get an eight-win season, would you have taken that? before the year well, I, I think so I think I think a lot of Cougar fans would have and I think those eight wins came just in a different way that most BYU fans expected right I, I think the, the wins came uh, against uh, different opponents and the losses came against different opponents than, than Cougar fans expected and it, it begs the question it makes you think you know what if you know what if BYU didn't lay those eggs against Toledo and USF you know they could be 
uh, going for 10 wins potentially. But but at the same time, I think those losses against Toledo and USF served as a very big wake-up call to the whole team, to the whole program, to the coaching staff. And that's what really triggered the adjustments and the changes that Kalani made, both on offense and defense. And then, so I think as bad as those losses look, it helped them get uh, kind of right the ship and gave them the changes they needed to then finish the season strong. And I think it's great. You know, they, they have a chance to get to eight wins, first time doing that since 2016. And the end, the ability to continue their win streak and get it up, get up to a to a win streak of six which would be huge for the BYU program. It gives them momentum going into the bowl game. And then more importantly, I think going into next season, you got Kalani extended. And with the extension and the win streak, I think it builds a lot of confidence and builds a lot of momentum that the Cougar program desperately needs going into these tough upcoming schedules. Speaking of the bowl, Tanner, how, how do the players feel about a bowl game like that? I mean, yeah, they get to go to Hawaii, and a bowl game, I guess, is fun in some respects, extra practices for the coaches and for the players. Are the guys stoked about it, or is it just, oh, well, another sort of mediocre bowl, I, I call it that. I don't know. It's just it's a bowl game, but it's not like it's a big, big-time deal. Mm-hmm. Well, when I was a part of the 2017 program, we had one of the worst years in, in recent history, finished 4-9, and nine. And and let me tell you, it, it sucked being in that bowl season, watching all the bowl games, um, and you're home. You know, you, you're not staying at practice because you know there's you basically, in essence, are are, are done with your season uh, by the end of November, and it's not fun. And it's it's, it's you kind of feel embarrassed. You feel a little bit uh, disappointed in yourself and in, in your in, in in the team. And um and so I think no matter what bowl it is, it just feels good to be playing in the postseason, to know that you got that you hit that benchmark. And sure, maybe the Hawaii Bowl isn't the most prestigious of bowls, but it's better than no bowl. And, uh, and, 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 you know, even last year we're in Boise, Idaho, which, hey, for me, I love that. I'm proud, proud Idahoan, proud uh, Boisean. But, you know, a lot of people might complain about, oh, great, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. But we still had a blast because we're, we're playing football. And, and I think that's what the, the, the program's goal is, is. One of the goals is to be bowl eligible. And, and so to now to be there, to have that locked down, to have a, uh, a bowl invitation to Hawaii, and I think the team is, is excited about it because, you know, while it's maybe not the best, they, at least they're bowling, right? Could be a lot worse. All right, Tanner, real quick before we let you go. Uh, we're doing this cool promotion with, with Mr. Mack where a, a listener will get selected and uh, Alema Harrington will st- – they'll, they'll go to uh, a remote on December 11th and Alema Harrington will style them out, right? Pick the, the suit cool. and, and get them all decked out, right? So Gordon says that he feels like he would be really good at this. Uh, is styling folks and, and picking out their suits. Now, now you know Gordon very well, and you're doing some TV work now, which means you got to be looking sharp, you know, when that uh, red light goes on. Would you allow Gordon to style you? I'm, I'm going to be uh, very bluntly honest. I'm going to say no. <laughs> and and, and then, you know what? I, as, as an analyst, you know, i got to call it like I see it. And, uh, you know, if you look at Lemmy Harrington on, on those jazz – Pre and post games, and he's looking sharp. And, and I, uh, Gordon, you know, he, he doesn't—he has a different style, different taste. So you know what? I all pass. But <laughs> hey, no disrespect. That's just my my honest analysis right there. I, I'm right there with you. I'd pass no, too. On. You better now, believe on. it. 
the mistake y'all are making here is you're judging it on the way I look. But that's I look the way I look because I don't need to do that stuff. Uh And so I but I can I can dress you up pretty, pretty sharp, man. I I mean, just don't judge my the capacity that I have for fashion on what I wear personally. (laughs) Okay, I know I know the potential there. If you're if you've ever seen that picture of Gordon, a young Gordon in his 20s, looks like a young uh, Robert Redford. And so there's potential there, but it's just, it's been a long time. It's been a while. Potential, potential that is long ago past. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, Tanner, thank you. We we always look forward to talking to you on Mondays. We really appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take care. Tanner Mangum. What? You had to ask. That. What? I I was interested. I was interested to know. Again, I mean, you didn't expect him to say yes, me. right? Don't judge me based on how I dress. Judge me on what my taste is in clothing. That I can, uh, that I, I, if I see someone who who has potential to look good, then then I'm going to go, you know, full bore. Okay, well let's let's uh, let's put this to the test. I'm I'm sure Tanner's got a TV appearance coming up soon. Why don't you pull some strings and? And style Tanner out for his next TV appearance. See, I, I'll, I'll take that challenge. Oh, see, last week he wore sort of this light gray suit, and that doesn't look as good on TV. So uh, maybe I can help him out. You know, <laughs> didn't look his best. He could do better. <laughs> Thanks to Tanner for jumping on. We'll have more oh, coming man. up. Come on. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You got that dream, 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 dream. Look in your eye and I got the red lip glassing. Think that you're lying. We'll go crashing down. We come back every time. We never go out of style. We never go out of style. You got the long Big Show 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. It is time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong play of the game. Be caller 12 right now, 855-340-ZONE. Correctly identify the Chevy Strong play of the game. Announced by DJ and PK this morning at 8.50, and you win a zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong play of the game brought to you by Rocky Mountain Chevy Dealers right here on the Zone Sports Network. Jazz pregame starts at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Ben Anderson in the house, uh, getting you ready for the Jazz and the Bucks. But right now, let's do a quick not sports report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at lhmusedcars.com. All right, Jake. First, we're going to Miami Beach, then we're going to, to uh, Germany. Uh, the subject of this uh, particular segment is larceny, thievery, robbing, burglary. All right. Okay. Apparently, there was a guy at, uh, at a lounge in Miami Beach, and he met a woman, so they uh, sort of uh, got along pretty well, so they went back to his hotel room and did whatever people do when they do that, and when he woke up in the morning, his, uh, it, the woman was gone, and so was uh, his $12,000 watch, $12,000 in cash, an $800 Apple iPhone, 
and a $600 Gucci belt. Jeez. She cleaned him out. I'd say. But that ain't nothing compared to this next story. Okay. Ain't even nothing. Maybe you heard about this. Did you hear about the heist that went on in Dresden, Germany? Uh, no. Uh, they, some thieves broke into a, a palace slash museum where they there's a bunch of uh, historically beautiful and valuable jewelry mm-hmm. that kings of the past and queens of the past had, and it was all stored here in this museum. Well, these thieves broke in and made off with over $1 billion worth of goods. How do you, I always wondered though, like, how do you fence stuff like that? I I don't know, because these are famous jewels that that anybody who would be in the market for such a thing would recognize. They're afraid they might break it up, though, some of it, and sell it separately. I see. (laughs) But the, the, the thing about this, According to this report I read, you would think, okay, this is something you see in the movies, right? Mm-hmm. Something you see where some thief is breaking, thief is breaking in, and they're using all this technological wizardry to get in there and whatnot. According to this report, they unscrewed a a, a grate in a window and busted the glass out and jumped in. Wow, that's all they did. That's it. According to this. Security's a little light. It's not, huh? like, it's not like they're dropping down off the ceiling and so with <laughs> yeah. some wire or something, yeah. and they're dodging all the stuff. What was that movie that uh, Catherine Zeta Jones and Sean Connery uh, were in? It was called Double Jeopardy, I think. Uh, I don't. Th- was it? Anyway, and she and they were using all this technology. I mean, these guys broke out a window. Wow! And jumped in and got over a billion dollars worth of goodies. I just don't know how they get. You ever stolen anything? Oh, Entrapment, by the way, is the, Entrapment. Uh, is the, the movie. <laughs> Have you ever stolen anything? Uh, no. Have you? Uh, when I was a kid, maybe a candy bar or something. I don't know. I don't remember a specific instance. Mm-hmm. But Certainly overall, not a billion dollars worth of jewels, huh? I mean, that takes some... I mean, I, I, not that I'm for this kind of thing. I would uh, I wouldn't condone it in either which shape or form. But these guys had to have some huevos <laughs> to do this. Oh, all right, huh? over a billion. Speaking of huevos, you've been bad today. You really have. You've been bad today. Joining us now uh, in studio, our good friend from Wasatch Medical Clinic, Andrew Reinhardt. Seriously, Gordon's been yeah, on one good. today. He's good today. <laughs> if, uh, would you ever participate in a heist if you if you thought you could get away with a billion dollars worth of jewels? Oh boy, billion would that te- would that bucks. That's pretty tempting. I think <laughs> right. It's like, I think it's like one point one billion. Yeah, or something. that's Ooh. another level. Ooh. Hmm. So if, maybe if you, if you thought there was an eighty percent chance that you'd get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so, you know, if this uh, Wasatch Medical Clinic thing yeah, doesn't work yeah. out there, yeah, Andrew. If the ED thing doesn't work out, right. we'll be back. They go into heists. Yeah. Well, uh, but seriously, though, you are helping a, a lot of our listeners yeah. out there because, uh, frankly, there's a lot of guys that deal with this. There's a lot of guys that deal with this. Um, it can wreak havoc on a relationship, erectile dysfunction, that is. Um, younger guys than most think. Every time somebody in his 30s or 40s comes into the clinic, he says, you probably don't see anybody like me. And I say, well, you know, only every hour. So uh, it it happens 
all the time. You're more normal than you think. We have a solution that works especially good for the younger guys. Um, the acoustic wave therapy, clinically shown and FDA cleared to increase blood flow. That's what you need. If you have ED, you need that. You don't need a pill that causes a temporary rush of blood all over your body and gives you a headache. You know, this, this treats the root cause of the problem. All right. The number to call is 801-901-8000. And really, uh, you know, partial function or, or lost at all, um, you guys, uh, everybody's a good candidate possibly. Yeah, they really are. Um, I think everybody can benefit from this. The doctor will go over your medical history. He'll do an analysis and an exam, a blood flow ultrasound also. I think you'll get a lot of, of helpful information as to why you have ED in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's totally free. This is the last chance of the day, so call us. Normally, that's 300 bucks. We'll do it free. There's no obligation. It's not a sales pitch. If you've got ED and you're sick of the pills, come in and check it out. And, um, no, you know, no charge and no risk. Nice Eight, to know you're not stealing anybody's money. Right. You know, you're just trying to serve people. Right. And and a lot of guys, I don't know what the percentage is, but a lot of guys come in and say, the treatments aren't right for me right now. Totally fine. Hmm. Come in and see where it's at. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. Andrew, thanks for hanging out with us Thanks, today. guys. All right. That's Wasatch Medical Clinic. Gordo, I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. All right, Jake. Jazz Game Night pregame starts next. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. I knew that was about the end of it. So long, farewell, I'll be here saying I hate goodbyes. This thing is over! That'll do, Pink. That'll do.